Hey, Lissa. Hey, Sam. Are you ready? I'm ready to rumble. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. Um, okay, so today, this was something that was requested quite a while ago, but um, we're just getting to it now. So, okay, great. <laughs> um, someone had requested for us to do a podcast talking about what we learned in therapy. Mm-hmm. So, let's appease that person. Let's do it. I we, love, we can get one. I love pleasing the masses, and the masses are one person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Miss Alyssa, mm-hmm. first of all, how long have you been in therapy for now? Oh, my goodness. <gasps> wow, has it been a year? I, I would, well, you, yeah, I don't think you went into Annie that quickly, did you? I don't know, because I, I know that I was really nervous. Yeah. I'm, it must have been November, but almost a year. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what made you nervous about therapy? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Where do I begin? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that made me nervous was, okay, so the nervous feeling was like fight or flight. Mm. It was like, I've, I've the feeling of being in there like I would get tunnel vision when I was looking at her and I would just get like so like it was like I was giving a speech in front of like a thousand people like you couldn't focus kind of thing not that I couldn't focus I was like hyper aware Mm. of everything of her like mouth movements her like oh my goodness I can't even like really explain it because it's just like I think I would have like an anxiety attack basically (laughs) like as soon as I would sit down because it was like literally all of the like whatever markers of like an anxiety attack yeah and I would have to like calm myself down because this is before she knew me so she didn't know that I like struggled with anxiety and stuff yeah uh but I think it was just like I mean I've said it before um and it's all subjective but like I've done a lot of fucked up shit in my life yeah (laughs) and I've had a lot of fucked up shit done to me and around me and stuff so it's just I've never really like been fully honest with anyone about it like I'll I'll tell one person something and another person another thing, but nobody's had like the full. It's like half truths. Not half truths, but like. Half stories. Well, just like not the whole like, um, like not the whole pie. Like everybody gets like a piece of the pie or like one experience that I've had, but nobody has had like, they don't have all of the knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) And I, that was basically what I was consenting to by going in there is like telling one person everything all of it you know like um like my struggles with like addiction and just the way that I treated my body and stuff like that and the way like I was with men or friends or you know my family and stuff like that that's a lot yeah (laughs) for like me to divulge I guess and to be truth like truly honest yeah because I felt like People couldn't, like, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> Can like, you imagine, like, your therapist is just like, actually, this is, like, a little bit too much for me. I think I'm going to have to, like, <laughs> I'm tapping out on this one. Yeah. Well, that's what I was, like, worried about. I was, because I've, I, again, I spent so much of my life, like, trying to put up a facade where, like, everything's okay. I'm fine. Like, I'm perfect. Um, so, yeah, I was really just nervous about that. But there hasn't been a moment yet where she's been, like, shocked or surprised. Yeah, but you haven't like, gotten her just yet. Yeah. No, not yet. Um, Were you nervous to go to therapy? Oh my god, yeah. I put it off for so long. Okay, so this was basically like the chain of events. I was super, super depressed and I had been for like months and months and I I was just like not able to like pick myself out of it kind of thing. And then um, I reached out to a therapist and she got back to me and she was like, hi, um, I just 
started my maternity leave yesterday and I was like are you fucking kidding me I worked <laughs> like, up all this courage yeah because like it was just like I was so depressed at the time that doing anything was really really difficult for me so like to to it was like it took a long time for me to like work that up to be like okay I'm gonna reach out to this person um and then she was like I'm on maternity leave and I was like okay well for fuck's sake <laughs> I quit um yeah and quit then life. and then she was like but I really recommend like this um uh colleague of mine she's great blah, 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 whatever. And I reached out to what, what was Annie, um, her colleague and, um, (laughs) and Annie, like, first of all, she's not great at responding to like phone calls and emails and stuff like that. Like she kind of takes her time. Um, so that made me super nervous. And then we kind of had like a misunderstanding. So then I didn't go see her for like two months. Oh, wow. Because I was so, um, just like, like I, I just couldn't handle that like the first chick turned me down basically and then we had had this kind of like weird misunderstanding with me and Annie and then um finally after two months I was just like I need to come in like tomorrow and she was like okay and I was so nervous like right before I almost canceled my first appointment really yeah because I just I I think that I just worked it up so much in my mind where I was like this isn't gonna help me and I'm just going to go in there and be more sad when I leave and, and all that kind of crap. So I just wasn't ready to do that. Mm-hmm. But it was not like that at all. Uh, if you feel comfortable sharing, what was your first uh, session like with Annie? Oh, I can't remember my first session with her as much. Um, but I just know that I kind of like rambled on about like all the shit basically. Um, I talked a lot about like my job and how that kind of gave me feelings of like insecurity and how like I felt bad even um being upset about my job because how'd you do that with your little thing oh i just oh yeah wow okay Whole new game changer <laughs> um so yeah i talked a lot about my job and just like feelings of insecurity around even being upset about my job because i was like i know this is petty i know this is petty and she was like it's not petty <laughs> right like, you know you're you're paying to come here because you are clearly like distraught over certain things and talked a lot about like just that kind of um like judgment that we go through being online and stuff Mm. like that um and I'm sure I talked I'm sure I said a drop about Matt (laughs) (laughs) um but how long ago was this two years yeah I think I've been going about two years Mm -hmm. yeah um but what was your first session like with her um I think I sat down and told her I was very nervous yeah (laughs) because that's what I do when I'm like super anxious I just need people to know so that it's not like I don't know, a secret, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, the first two sessions were basically like backstory because I do have quite a bit of trauma from like just my childhood and, and like my teenagehood and stuff that kind of, I think in order to like have a successful like relationship with my therapist or counselor, I would have to like give the backstory, I guess. So the first two sessions were like literally just me like going chronologically. 1993. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, dude. Yeah. Basically, because there's just so much that... Like, I think I didn't realize how much from my past affects who I am today. For sure. And I think that now having that knowledge, I'm like, well, yeah, of course. But like people who haven't been through this process don't, they don't see it. They don't. Yeah, for sure. Because I didn't see it. So that's why I feel that way. But yeah, I think like three or four sessions in is when like things started to, like I started leaving feeling like, oh, I have like a... Uh, an action plan for this problem because mm. I wasn't really bringing problems in it was more so like I didn't even know what my problems were yeah for I, sure. I didn't even I don't even know that I felt like I had a problem really 
with anything. So then what was it that kind of like led you to make the decision to go to therapy finally? You forced me. Was it me? Yes. Was I like, you're doing it? Yes. Well, there you have it. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was in the car that time before I even lived here. You said you were worried about me. And then uh, when I got here, you said, I think you should go see Annie. And I kept saying no. And you said, I think you should go see Annie. And I said no. And then you said, just try it. (laughs) So I fucking tried it. And then I kept trying to cancel and be like, I don't want to go. And then every time I would say that, you'd say, when you don't want to go is when you should go. That's true. Well, fuck. All right. And it's true. And even uh, like beyond like going through uh, trauma and stuff like that, even like career wise, like she holds me accountable. Oh, for sure. Because she knows that that's what I like need out of that session or whatever. And it really has like I would have given up on acting right away. I would have probably not quit. Well, I know I wouldn't have quit Cactus had it not been for for Annie. Yeah. Because as much as like you've been pushing me for years. So it was kind of like you and then her being like as a a unbiased like professional in like a a professional industry. It was kind of like, okay, well, maybe I can do this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, shout out Annie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you feel like is like the first like what pops into your mind first as to like what the biggest thing you've learned in therapy is? Uh, Off uh, off the top of my head, I think that – other people so there's depending on how many people are in the this situation there's two different experiences of the same situation mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing to me because that's such a good one I didn't think of that one really yeah I thought you would but that was yeah that is like a big one. Oh, it's huge and I use it all the time I even use it when people like dm me and stuff like that and they're like well I'm so sorry like blah blah, blah. I'm like yeah, but I'm not having that experience like I don't think it's weird type of thing yeah um but before I think that I tried to see what was going on for other people, but I did that in like their life, not in the situation that I was having with them right that minute. Yeah. And it just opened up the doors for me because when I would be fighting with a partner or something like that, I'm like, okay, but maybe the experience I'm having of this isn't the same experience that they're having with this. So now let's like communicate and share about that because I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really think of it before. I'm like, my experience is the only experience. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny because, like, it really does, um, like, that whole, like, idea really helps make you actually understand people and actually communicate because I think a lot of the times we can have such, like, hurt feelings by the fact that we feel like someone else doesn't seem like they're as impacted as we are and that kind of, like, immediately hurts us because we feel like how could you not be as bothered by this but when you come to understand that like it is a completely different experience for them like that might not be a priority to them and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad thing um or it just might not be a, like a trigger or whatever and um yeah that that helped me a lot as well with like help like understanding Matt because we had such a hard time communicating in the beginning and so really coming to understand and and honestly trust that he was being honest in what his experience was because I think with a lot of past partners it was sort of like I would be like, why did you do this? And they'd be like, honestly, like, I just wasn't thinking. And I was like, that's bullshit. Mm. But like, I I trust that when Matt says, like, I wasn't thinking, that he just genuinely wasn't being cognizant. He wasn't being mindful. And right. and if I'm taking that into account, it doesn't mean it's okay. Mm-hmm. But like, it's, it's a lot. It really pads the blow of a lot yeah. of things. And there's like a base, there's a starting place to like deal with that yeah. issue on its own. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway? 
I have, I definitely have a few. And so I've been doing counseling on my own. Matt does counseling on his own. And then we do counseling together every once in a while, kind of like when we feel like we need it or if we're trying to prepare for something that we know is going to be like a harder experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think the biggest thing that was helpful for Matt and I as a couple was trying to um, kind of like see and also understand patterns and like why these things happen because um a lot of the times we just had a really really we just couldn't communicate and we didn't understand what the other person was saying and i i know that i've said this before on the podcast or somewhere but um like when we first started dating we would be getting into an argument and i'd be like i just feel like you don't care and he'd be like i took the like trash out and i did the like laundry and stuff and i'd be like okay (laughs) like and I would just like go back to like what we were actually talking about but for him it was like he was trying to show like these are the things I do to like show you I love you like are you not noticing those things are you not acknowledging those things and I was just like am I talking to a brick wall like why because I just didn't understand like why um that had anything to do with anything and I felt like he was just holding it over my head And so when we could kind of go through the pattern of like, this is how our arguments always go. Like it comes to a point where Matt tells me something he's done for me (laughs) and then it just goes so sideways. And so kind of trying to see that pattern and then be like, why? Like, why does this happen at this point? Why does it go to this? Why does it go to this? Um, And then, you know, we can kind of just like break it down from there to eventually change those patterns and have better communication and stuff like that. Um, So the pattern thing was a big one for us. Um, we also talked a lot about the um it's called the experience cube Mm. and so basically this is just like a way to kind of like slow down and take a step back with um a a situation so the experience cube is basically like if you can picture a square with like four squares within it and um it's there's four different kind of areas and the one area is um observations so that's things that can be recorded or filmed that's just purely like if I walked into the room in like a huff and threw something down, all you would actually know about that is that I walked into the room. Right. You wouldn't be like, you walked into the room angrily. Angrily is what you think I'm reacting like. So observations are just things that can be recorded and filmed. Um, Thoughts are what you perceive of the situation. Feelings are obviously what you feel about it. Um, And then your wants ultimately. So by doing this, you can kind of break down situations by being like, okay, like this is what I saw you doing. And this is what I thought about that. This is what I feel about it. And this is what I want to change or to do differently or whatever kind of thing. And so you kind of have to like really, really pick apart the situation. And instead of just like talking for the sake of talking and just trying to get your point across, this really breaks it down in a way that everybody can understand. Um, And it, it sort of takes not even takes the emotion out of it, but compartmentalizes the emotion so that it's not like you're so forward with that because a lot of people kind of lead with how how hurt they are and you hurt me and you did this and you did that, but it kind of puts it back into your hands as to like, you know, I saw you doing this thing, that made me think this, that made me feel this, whatever, Um, or I felt this, you're not supposed to say I made, that made me do whatever, but um. So that kind of, you know, helps us sometimes if there's something we're really, really struggling to work through, um, we kind of just try to go through that and and break down the situation that way so that you're entering arguments with um, like a solution based approach rather than just arguing to like get your feelings out. 
and you guys actually utilize this this method not as much as we should but um but you have in the past yeah yeah and so like a lot of the times um again like it just comes down to like matt's perception of the situation my perception of the situation and those experiences conflicting right um because we both see it as like really different things and even just just little things that kind of cause resentment over time like um like when we first moved into the house the house is a lot bigger than our apartment was and stuff like that we were living in a smaller apartment before and so there's like more to be done around the house obviously and matt would feel like i was purposely not doing things around the house because i wanted him to do it Mm. so i was just like waiting for him to do it kind of thing and so when he would see these things he would think that and then he would feel resentment. Right. <laughs> um, and I literally just didn't, I was completely oblivious, oblivious to this going on. Right. You were oblivious to the experience he was having. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I just, I, I'm just fucking lazy. <laughs> like, and, and honestly, like it was just like, I was just moving to another room. So that out of sight, out of mind, you know what I mean? Like it really wasn't about, um, wasn't about that. So instead of him just yelling at me for not doing dishes, we were, you can kind of take some that's a really simplified issue obviously but you can kind of take that experience cube and be like you know like this is this is how i think about it rather than him just being angry about me not doing chores yeah so it it really helps to like break down situations especially if it's something that you fought about multiple times and not come to a conclusion on um and i think the wants part of that is actually a really important part because a lot of people don't actually know what they want out of a situation Mm. and so i think like when i try to go into arguments I think I've mentioned this before as well, but I try to go into to arguments with what is my solution, if any. And and I I try to continually focus the conversation back towards that because I don't want to fight just to prove my point or to be right or, you know, whatever, to upset you even. Crap like that. Like I wanna I want to end it on us getting what we want out of the situation. Sorry. Ugh. That <laughs> no, that reminded me of a freaking. Ah, I hate that that happens to me. It reminded me of a conversation I had with my dad. Ah! Oh. <laughs> my eyes started watering and I couldn't get it away. I, I saw the well and then I was like, <laughs> "You're like, what is happening?" But it looked like it was only in one eye, and I was like, "Okay, this seems like it's not an emotional thing." But then it was just. <laughs> it was like full waterworks. Sorry, jeez. Okay. I won't even like. I don't even have to talk about that. It was just like <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> You can talk about it if you want. No, no, no it's fine. <laughs> uh, go on. Um, but yeah, I think it's just important to focus on wants because, um, and especially not to generalize, but <laughs> it's just what I see yeah. and experience. But a lot of the times men um, and, and male partners that I've been in relationships with, they don't know what the fuck they want. Yeah. Like they, when you kind of put them on the spot about it, they're like, uh, they're basically right. just like I don't want to fight I know that much <laughs> um, but I think that yeah that's an important thing um I think sorry just to say that I think that it is important because I believe that I used to be a person who just fought to fought to fought to fought oh fought to fight uh, same a hundred percent yeah like when I I wouldn't say in my last relationship but like when I was you know a growing adult I would always do that. I would just be like, well, I'm angry, so let's yell about it. And then let's not resolve anything because I don't have yeah. <laughs> I don't have a solution. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I do think for me, I, I was the same way, first of all. And, and I do think that um, if for me, it was kind of like ha- being able to feel like I had some control over the situation. Like I wasn't going to be hurt by this person because I knew that I could like stand my own ground basically right. and and like 
I won a lot of arguments in my time, you know? Yeah, just to, yeah, fucking win. Just for the sake of it. But I think that that's, a th- that's the difference between, um, you know, <laughs> a, a real relationship and not, yeah. and, and something that's going to work long term. Because I think that if you're fighting just for the sake of it, it's just never going to result in, it's, it's always going to feel um, disingenuous. It's always going to feel more painful. It's not going to result in you guys understanding each other better. Um, and a lot of the times it just is the other person conceding because they're like, okay, I'm fucking over this. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sit here and be torn apart and shit like that. And and I think that, um, as, as hard as it is sometimes, I think trying to protect the feelings of others and like your partner and stuff like that, especially in those arguments is important. Mm -hmm. Um, which, is something that I struggled with for a really long time because like I just felt like I wanted them to understand my hurt Mm -hmm. um and I didn't want them to make it about theirs and so when I was able to kind of get like a hold on that and try and be more empathetic towards them and say like okay like I I get that this is how you're feeling because of this situation and like I want to clear that up and make sure that you know that like that's not what's going on I don't feel that way blah 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 whatever but you know like this behavior like still like isn't working for me and Mm -hmm. whatever and just just trying to be conscious of the other person's experience like I think it really just comes back to that so often and I think that we we really fool ourselves into thinking that we're (laughs) more conscious than we are but a lot of the times it's like okay but what are you going to do with that consciousness yeah like are you actually going to utilize that and and try and make it so that this is a more constructive conversation well yeah and I think that it's so easy to uh minimize other people's feelings surrounding issues yeah if you don't feel that way Mm -hmm. but like I said in the friendship podcast even if I don't have the same experience if you or my partner or whatever is having a different experience I I want to be kind about it because I love that person yeah if I don't love them then I'm like well mm, they're not the same as me bye (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing is like if you do love someone even if you don't understand it you it's I think you still have to be mindful of it because yeah. you're trying to create like a life with them whether you know what whatever your intentions are with with that life but it's so it's so important to care I guess yeah. care enough and be uh kind enough to s- still yeah still make a change even if you don't understand it um, in that moment this is kind of slightly off topic but I'm just curious um if a partner asked you to like change something would you yeah, it would de- it would depend what it was. If it was something that I knew was either like against I don't know, my beliefs or my morals or whatever, like if it was like an integral part of my being, then no, of course not, and I would explain why. Um and I think that that was something I struggled with in my last relationship was I wasn't willing to compromise mm. on a lot of things and that and they weren't small things. It was like like big things and I'm like I can't compromise this like I just can't this is something I cannot compromise um and I think that it's it's important to recognize that and not I hate it when people say recognize it early on because you sometimes you don't know but to recognize it uh if it's something you can't change but if it's something small or like I need you to like do the dishes more you know again simplifying like crazy um or I need you to uh to be more mindful of how you speak with others because it hurts me like if because I I am a very friendly person and I wouldn't say that I'm like flirty but I I mean 
my okay i'm backed out of that one yeah. immediately yeah well because i was thinking i'm like well i'm not like inappropriate but like i think it's because i've just had partners who accept it yeah but yeah if it was something like that of course yeah i would change it what about you yeah i mean yeah obviously it depends on the thing but i think that i honestly there's not a lot i wouldn't change for a partner like i and it's shocking because I <laughs> drop on like fucking flies. But I I think that, again, <laughs> going back to my parents' relationship, I really um, admired that they, they did try to work through things. And like I know that they um, had disagreements and stuff like that, but they would try to like move, move with that rather than past it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... I think especially because like I'm really sensitive and I know that there's certain things that really like it has less to do with your partner and more to do with your insecurity. And so there's a lot of things that like I've just been so insecure about that um, people didn't want to be conscious of that. They didn't want to have to change things to make me feel more comfortable and stuff like that. And I think that I, um, I just know how hard that is. And so as much as like there's certain things that are kind of childish or maybe like they just it's not it shouldn't be as big of a deal as it is I try to be really really um aware no matter how big or small it is and and implement those changes where I can but yeah I mean I'm sure there's a point where Matt will find something that pushes me to the limit I'll be like no not happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah something else that was a big one for me do you have a second one I said what was the question sorry (laughs) just like things you've learned in therapy oh yeah i guess so okay yeah go hard um i learned a lot about shame ah okay okay the shame piece air quotations yeah yeah as as it so goes uh yeah i didn't realize that a lot of my anxiety and insecurity and stuff like that was revolving around shame and guilt Mm. and so we talked a lot about that for um like a long time and again obviously I'm, I feel like a fucking broken record talking about my alcohol but that's <laughs> ultimately why I like stopped drinking alcohol was because it was causing physical <laughs> side effects because of the guilt and shame I felt um but that was so much deeper than even just alcohol it, it surrounded a lot of things and like who I used to be yeah and uh not putting that person like down I guess because it's still like a version of me wow I can't today with my eyeballs um (laughs) or ever um and just like accepting that person and not like you know like hitting them with the shame stick all the time because that like that was the thing about learning about how we evolve as people is you know you're yes it's important to take ownership but I was taking a lot of ownership that I didn't really need to I guess and turning that ownership into shame instead of being like okay well let's look at the (laughs) the facts here of what did happen and this is how you coped and though you know it's not an excuse it is a reason yeah and it is what I did and there's no shame to that and uh well there shouldn't be any shame to that and I was putting so much on it that I didn't need to so I really learned to uh not even forgive myself but accept myself and start to love all of me uh one time you asked me if I was embarrassed like talking about certain things with people and uh I said yes and you were very surprised and I'm like well I am embarrassed like I'm embarrassed that that like those are things that I partook in and like whatever and, and situations that I was in um and just hearing you 
say that you were surprised kind of made it feel okay for me Mm. because I was like again going back to experience this is my experience yeah of me putting shame on myself like maybe maybe other people aren't (laughs) hitting me with the shame stick right like I'm I'm the only one like lashing myself yeah so that was like it was a huge integral or not integral it was a huge part of like me being able to kind of like blossom into an the not a new person but accepting who I am now and not feeling like I was an imposter even yeah because of it so you guys super brief intermission just to thank today's sponsor which is away away bags we both brought our away bags to paris and we love them we got ours in blush pink so they're super freaking cute they are very majestic actually you know what they held up like well considering i checked mine it comes with like a little scarber pad for scuffs and stuff like that and so i was like oh this bag is gonna be messed up when it comes out but it was fine yeah they're super durable like the outer shell is like a hard shell so it doesn't like if you do decide to check it super durable so but uh we both have the bigger carry-on uh which is still approved to carry on because i did that (laughs) and we also chose the option to have the battery so that you can charge your phone and let me tell you i was instagram storing out of both airports and it was (laughs) (laughs) um and the optional battery is also tsa approved so you guys don't have to worry about that the away bags also come with four 360 spinnable wheels which i love i actually only discovered like suitcases that have like the 360 spin recently and i was like what where have i been like where they have changed I been the living? game oh my goodness it's so fun i like to like spin it while i'm walking to pretend that's that I'm, what like, i do a professional traveler yeah is it your back's never been more comfortable frankly yeah. <laughs> that 360 spinner <laughs> spinning on dubs <laughs> it also has a removable laundry bag so that you can separate all your stuff that was something that i like started doing well into my adulthood was like separating out all of my items and I actually did this for Paris because we took a bunch of like outfits for different like shoots and stuff like that and uh it's perfect because you can put like all your dirty stuff into the little laundry bag and then you don't have to fucking worry about it it's like they're just the best suitcases ever yeah if you guys want to try an away bag you can have a hundred day trial um and you can return any non-personalized items if it's not the bag for you but we think it probably will be and if you guys want one you can go to awaytravel.com approachable and enter promo code approachable for 20 dollars off your suitcase that's awaytravel.com approachable for 20 dollars off your suitcase with a code approachable thank you so much away bags i'm excited to keep on traveling thanks away bye Oh, fuck. We don't need to say bye. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's crazy how much of a hold, like, shame and guilt can, like, have on you. And, and I think it's kind of funny because a lot of people, um, I think, almost confuse that shame with being a positive thing and that they think it's going to result in them being a better person but a lot of the times because you're carrying around so much shame that is what's holding you back from being able to move on Mm -hmm. because you just feel so shitty about yourself and so like worthless kind of a lot of the times that Mm -hmm. that that you feel like I'm not worth the effort yeah and and I think that um that was something that more Matt talked about a lot I ain't got no shame um (laughs) ain't no shame to my game (laughs) yeah I think that I think that I haven't experienced that as much but I I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that I have never really 
drank and stuff so I just had to basically immediately accept those things <laughs> yeah well and that's the thing is when you're uh, participating in a certain lifestyle you're often more likely to do things that you wouldn't do in a sober mindset yeah for sure so you don't really have to wake up and come to terms with what you've done as a different person you know what I mean yeah and a lot of people I mean it's such a like a huge argument is like you know art like sober whatever drunk words or sober thoughts and stuff like that but mm. I mean I've fucking been there man <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I've been in a lot of altered states and you know it's not me it's yeah. not who I am to my core but you still have to come to terms with the fact that like whoa yeah my my body <laughs> was participating in that or like you know my being not my yeah. body but like the physical part of me but like I mean there was one time I was at a bar and my girlfriend at the time like one of my like best girlfriends at the time she, when I woke up in the morning I was like when did we leave the bar and she's like well you left at like 10 p.m but your body was still there <laughs> it was such like a like weird way to say it but I was like oh my god it's so true because like I dang this friend really is uh <laughs> not holding back at all yeah but it was funny because I was like it's so true because I would get to a certain point where like I could still talk and walk and like participate but like I wasn't there yeah like Alyssa left the building but like I was still there so it's yeah yeah I think that it's like being always like present I guess yeah you you have to really take ownership that moment <laughs> for what you've done but yeah yeah the shame of of what you do in an altered state kind of can like yeah, can carry on yeah and I think also sorry to go on this little tangent I, okay. I think that because if you don't have to take ownership for it right away you can kind of just pretend that it never happened and keep pushing it down and just be like yeah I'll deal with this later but then you move on and you move on from people and whatever and then you're st you're still holding on to this and those people probably forgot that whatever it is that you're yeah. holding that over your head you know it it doesn't exist for them but you're just like you're stacking it up inside mm -hmm. <laughs> your yeah. shame library well, well you're putting it off <laughs> shame library you're you're putting off you know coping mm -hmm. basically yeah and that's yeah, it's so funny. It's it's so um, interesting, like, hearing other people talk about what therapy is like for them because, obviously, like, we're all learning different things from it because we have different lives and different issues and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I asked Matt, I was like, what's the, like, one of the biggest things you've learned? And he said, um, understanding what different physical feelings were um, in emotions. I know. I was like, huh? Um, but he said that like a lot of the times when he is um, like if he was in an argument, he would have like this really intense like tightness in his chest um, and it would like overwhelm him so much that he couldn't focus. Um, he would need to walk away, like all that kind of stuff. And he just didn't understand what that feeling was because he was so um, used to kind of pushing his emotions to the side and just responding with how can I get out of the situation as quickly as possible? Mm -hmm. um, and so he had to break down like, okay, th what you're feeling is anxiety. And that mm -hmm. anxiety um, makes you feel so like nervous, basically, that it makes you angry and defensive. And then it leads to this. And even just things like, um, like if he gets really anxious as well, like his like, um, he'll like tingle, like his like fingertips tingle and mm. stuff like that. Um, and so then he knows like he's kind of going to a different place. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and again, like identifying that pattern and being like, okay, like I'm starting to feel that. And then having to break down, why am I feeling that way? Where is it coming from? Why does that situation make me feel that way? Whatever. Um, 
so that he can kind of rationalize and come back down and not not go you know to a place where he's not able to focus and not able to communicate properly but I'm like, it's it's interesting that that's something that he had to work through. And I'm like, I would have never known. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah, and, and that's obviously, like, not what I'm learning in therapy and stuff. Like, yeah. But, oh, yeah, that is crazy. I know, it's so bizarre. Um, the one thing, um, this is, like, less, uh, this is more of a practical thing. Um, but uh, no shoulds. Mm. Um, taking things, like, one thing at a time and using an agenda Um, so a big thing that I talk about in my sessions is like feeling, um, really overwhelmed and feeling like I can't do everything that I want to do and that I'm putting things off and I know I'm not getting things done that I should be getting done and all that kind of stuff. And so the no shoulds thing is a big one because, um, the way that our counselor talks about it basically is she's like, do or don't, but don't keep telling yourself you should. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you've made a decision, then just go with that decision and that's what it is. And mm-hmm. maybe it'll change tomorrow and maybe it won't and whatever. But like constantly telling yourself like, oh, I should be at the gym. I should have cleaned up. I should do this. I should do that. Um, or I shouldn't do other things or whatever. Um, it just leads to guilt and shame. That, yeah, sorry to interrupt. That um, that was a big thing for me too. I was mm. a shoulder. Yeah. Well, I'm still am. I, I'm pretty good. I've, I If I do use should... I'm already conscious about it. Yeah. So that's a, a first step, big, big time. Um, but I, yeah, now I say I, I won't or I can or I can't or whatever or I could. Yeah. I use could a lot in, in my life. Like, um, I want to learn a lot of things. So when I'm holding myself accountable for them, it's like, oh, I could have practiced sign language today or whatever. Mm. But it's not I should have. It's like I could have, but I didn't okay, so now how can I rectify it or whatever? How can I do it tomorrow so they feel better about it or something like that? And it's huge because, yeah, it does, it takes a lot of the the guilt out of it. Yeah, well, and I think that it also um, makes you conscious around how you are talking to yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge believer in the, like, look in the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful. But, like, you know, being conscious of how your your inner narrative is is directing your emotions a lot of the time. Um, When Annie first talked to me about the should thing, she was like, you know, keep a, keep a tally of how often you're saying in your mind, I should do this or I shouldn't do this or whatever. And it was something fucking ridiculous, like 34 times that I said it in like one day. Um, and you just start to change how you're thinking about yourself and how you're getting down on yourself without even noticing, because that's the thing is like so much of that, what's going on your mind, you're, you're not cognizant, you're not thinking about it. And so it's just sort of like this constant, like, nattering in your mind and you don't realize how much that's impacting you Mm -hmm. really um and that again doesn't result in in um you being more productive like I think that that's something as well that we've talked about a ton in therapy and especially with Matt stuff and all that kind of thing but um just like how much every time you're trying to run away from a problem you're making it more (laughs) like present in your life Mm -hmm. like if you're if you're trying to be more productive by telling yourself that you should be doing this and you should be doing that like pressuring yourself you're lending to you being less productive because you feel so shitty mm-hmm. and and just different shit like that like it, it's it's funny how much we um think that we're coping by doing things that are actually kind of like really backing us into the corner of what we don't want um the taking things one thing at a time um kind of branched off the no shoulds because um 
instead of telling myself I should or I shouldn't or whatever kind of thing, I try to like write down lists and just cross it off as I go. Mm -hmm. And like if I only do one thing, then that's fine. Um, But it's more about like breaking it down so that you're not because especially with depression sometimes what happens is you'll be like okay um I want to film a video today but I I I wanted to go to the gym and if I go to the gym then I'll have to shower and then I'm gonna have to blow dry my hair and then by that time it's gonna be like lunchtime so you know like I'm it's gonna be like too late for me to like I'll have to make lunch and then it'll be so dark and then blah blah, blah. like just like you just let things get so out of proportion because you're just <laughs> like catastrophizing basically like your daily agenda mm-hmm. and so instead of worrying about the 12 things that you need to do (laughs) as a result of the first thing you were trying to do just do one Mm -hmm. and and write it down and and know that that thing is done and then that also allows you to kind of celebrate those tasks that you've finished rather than focusing on what you haven't done Mm -hmm. you're kind of directing it back to what you have gotten done right and similar kind of idea with the agenda. Like the agenda was a thing that I didn't think I was going to implement and I didn't think it was going to work for me. Um, but I, when I'm being diligent, I try to write down my day like hour by hour kind of like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to have breakfast. That's written in my agenda. And then I'm going to go to the gym from this time to this time. That's written in my agenda. And I check it off. And then I can go back through the day and be like, okay, so what do I need to do tomorrow because I didn't do it today? Um, and also just look at the things that you did get done mm-hmm. because so often like we're so busy and we're expected to be so busy, I think as well, um, that you, you aren't really acknowledging like how much you are doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like shit. Well, it is. Cause yeah, you're not giving yourself any credit for what you have accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that the agenda is really important for your depression. It's so interesting uh, if I can say that, obviously. Please go hard. Um, but it's it's interesting to see how much it really did make a difference for you because I obviously lived with you before you had an agenda and after. And yeah. it, I think that it really did make a huge impact, especially because you were writing in things like painting, like art and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I use my agenda, I literally only use it for work. Mm-hmm. And and I don't deal with depression, right? Like it's um, not something thankfully, that I, I have to struggle <laughs> with. Um, and my agenda is for me it just keeps me organized yeah and only in work and I don't need it for um, as like a mental health tool exactly and so it's so interesting to see how different because I deal with anxiety you deal with depression right how it how those things like the things that I have to do to manage my anxiety are so different to the things that work for you for depression yeah yeah and I know that that's not what this really is this episode's about but it's I think that it's so easy when you're like I have you know a mental illness or like something mental health problems or whatever issues um to be like okay well this is what you do because yeah. it's under the umbrella of mental health mental <laughs> health but it's like oh baby yeah <laughs> like there's so many different like okay over here we have this and then all of these things i'm yeah. making like a little mind map in the air for those of you just <laughs> listening <laughs> so yeah that i just think that's interesting yeah and that and that is a big part of it of the agenda and the scheduling and stuff like that as well as um like with depression in particular is um scheduling in self-care activities right So whether that's like yoga or um, cooking yourself dinner or uh, reading, painting, drawing or whatever, I I do try to write that in and say like, okay, I'm going to do art from seven o'clock to eight o'clock because then that task becomes as important as everything else you're doing rather than you wake up and you're like, okay, well, this is what I need to get done because these are important things. And then like, I'll, I'll, I'll read tonight 
like you tell yourself you're going to do it, but you never really get around to it because again, like it just, you get tired and it feels daunting and whatever. But when it's, and you also feel like a lot of the times, at least for me, um, I think in, in a past life, I felt a lot like um, self-care was just like overly indulgent. Mm. Like it, it wasn't really necessary. It was just me being weak, basically. Interesting. And so now I acknowledge how much that actually does make a difference in my life. So I schedule it in and I treat it as being as important as business meetings and, you know, work that I need to get done and whatever else. Yeah. And I think that like makes a huge difference and just validating taking care of yourself as well because that's something that I think we um don't focus on yeah and And I think that that's really cool thank you yeah you're welcome I try I love coming home and seeing you doing art it's so peaceful for me to even just like witness (laughs) sitting in the corner watching me (laughs) well when I used to live up here because I would like walk through the area that you like draw in Mm. and it would like it would make me feel good (laughs) yeah it's it's honestly like bizarre um I I really put off doing art for like a large portion of my adulthood um but it's it's crazy to me how much it it helps me um just kind of like escape my thoughts a lot of the time because my mind is just always constantly like what do I have to do what haven't I gotten done shooting myself yeah (laughs) um and thinking about so many different things at once and so it's weird because like when I focus on art like literally that's that's actually all that's in my mind right like I'm just not able to focus on anything else it's just right here and I think that that's so valuable for me and it's really um yeah it's it's like bizarre how peaceful it is in a lot of ways you know what uh this is making me think I should schedule in poetry yeah you should I I could everyone um yeah you could <laughs> um everyone forcibly make Melissa do poetry <laughs> they're forcibly <laughs> making me do a lot of yeah um you're really being held accountable by the listeners especially on the spanish and i'm so thankful that they are and i just i haven't i haven't gotten it there yet i thought you and my mom were gonna do like a joint thing i know but she hasn't even messaged me i messaged her happy birthday and all she said was thanks yeah me too oh okay well that makes me yeah (laughs) mom i'm really sensitive (laughs) (laughs) um i have a question for you or like just i would be curious to know your thoughts on it basically um this is not really on topic but it just kind of reminded me of this um I feel like we're in a society where people are really pressured to constantly be busy and be like a hustler and you know like making more of yourself and all that kind of stuff um first of all do you feel like that's accurate and secondly what do you think about that uh I do feel that way uh I think that it can be positive because I think that the message behind it is is positive mm-hmm. but I think that it can put a lot of pressure on people yeah I don't feel that pressure personally <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> yeah and I'll tell you why <laughs> because when I was working at Cactus the restaurant that I worked there many years um I felt like I was I thought you were st- stopping giving them free promo I know but it's just like hard I'm so <laughs> used to like saying the name um Call me up, guys. <laughs> um, but I, I felt like I was a hustler. And people uh, commented on how hard I worked and all of these kind of things. And uh, though I did feel a lot of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I felt like a, good. Accomplishment? Yeah. I, I felt good about it anyway. Yeah. Um, it didn't... Mm, I don't know. I feel better now. Yeah. You know? And I, I think that people are praising me in ways that I resonate deeper with. Yeah. 
Uh, well, because I think they're praising. I, I mean, this is just like my speculation. This is my experience. Um, <laughs> but I think they're praising you. Yes. Not the work. Yes. And and I think that that's um, a very very different thing. It is. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, yeah. When I was working, is your eye welling? No, I'm okay. trying so hard. <laughs> that it was, and then I looked away like this. Did you You're see like, it? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, suck it up, Alyssa. You can't have three in one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when I was working, it was like, okay, well, she can she can um, handle longer shifts without complaining. She can always stay positive. Like all of these things that are just me putting myself last, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and though really effective for moving up in a corporate sense yeah. uh, and being valued as an employee... Um, it, it didn't bring the same kind of, when I would get those praises, it was almost like, okay, thank goodness, because now I can hold on to that and keep doing this for another day. Yeah. Whereas now the things that people are praising me for, they really mean something to yeah. me when people say that like, um, they, like I inspire them for X, Y, and Z or, or whatever that, um, one of my friends who knew me back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, um, he said that I'm like a mom now. Yeah. And at first I was like, how dare you? But then I was like, you know what? That's so nice because he knew me back then and he knows me now. And he was like, you know, I'm so proud of like who you're becoming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, dude, like that means a lot yeah. because it is work. And you know that I've been ha- like, I've been having such a freaking hard time the past couple of days with like my choice to not drink. Like yeah. it's not, I mean, we're five months in and it's, it's still a struggle every day. Um, and so it's, it's just nice to like hear that. It's like, fuck yeah, man. Like I'm making. Yeah. It's like reaffirming. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that way? Like, do you feel pressured to be like a freaking like girl boss all the time? Oh my God. It's all I talk to Annie about. Frick. <laughs> because like, and, and, and honestly, I don't feel that pressure as much from like society. That pressure I've always put on myself. Like mm-hmm. I, I never feel like I'm doing enough. There's always something else I want to like add to the mix. And like lately I've been going in and like talking to Annie and being like, I really want to do this. And she's like, okay, just stop. <laughs> Like, you need to relax. Like, like no more projects, no more school things, no more, like, nothing. Like, just fucking relax. Do the 12 other things you're doing. Yeah. And doing poorly because you're trying to focus on too many things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I feel that pressure for myself because I... Uh, it's such it's such a weird thing. I've always really struggled with um, not wanting to lose... Um, like inspiration sparks Mm. because I think that when I I just got like a tingle Um, (laughs) because I think that when I feel inspired it's it's like the most like I like get high off that feeling I I love it like I just love feeling like wow like I want to do something as a result of this conversation or watching this person do this thing or whatever Um, and so I think that because I'm so um, attached to that feeling it makes me want to just jump on things when I have the inspiration so that I can kind of push it through and like see that that inspiration through basically. And so um, I have a really hard time letting go of that. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's kind of like my motivating factor. But I think that as I've gotten older, I've just noticed that um, as important as it is to do the things that you want to achieve like business-wise and, and skill-wise and all that kind of stuff, it's equally important to... Um, like hustle your mind, you know, like, and, and, and focus on that, those things as well, because you can be growing your career, you can be growing, you know, all these other things, but if you're not growing yourself 
and your understanding of the world and you and your partners and your friends and your family and all that kind of stuff it's it is it's a really empty feeling yeah and I think that for a long time you know when I was um first starting in this industry and stuff like that I spent like a good couple years just really focused on the work and it it um it felt like nothing to me like I I just was like going on to the next thing on to the next thing on to the next thing but I had people around me being like wow like you're doing so well you're traveling you're doing this you're doing that and I was like it's like it's nothing like it it feels like nothing I don't feel accomplished I don't feel proud I don't feel anything because I wasn't taking the time to focus on myself and my relationships and Mm -hmm. um you know grow that side of myself along with the work right so I don't know now now I just pressure myself in two different ways (laughs) (laughs) I feel really lucky and um this I don't want this to like springboard off of that because I do uh I know that you struggle with feeling like you're not like grateful enough or something like that Mm. what can you sorry remind me of what you feel about that not feeling grateful for like my life yeah yeah I think that I just I think that because I feel like nothing's good enough I I feel like I'm not as grateful as I should be and I I don't like that because um I I a lot of the times like kind of relate myself back to my family so I look at like my parents who they're they're such hard workers they have such good work ethic they really believe in just doing what needs to be done and stuff like that and I feel um a lot of guilt surrounding the fact that I feel like I don't work as hard and I'm able to you know make really really good money and and it's sort it's to me it's sort of like for what when I've watched these people work their entire life and you know they can't have the things that I have and they can't take that much time off work and they can't go on vacation the way I do and all that kind of crap you know um and not that you know they don't have a life of their own but that's the thing is like I had to kind of to overcome that guilt I had to really understand that um (laughs) that wasn't necessarily what they wanted right and I had that conversation with Annie one day I was like I just feel so bad like I wish I could just like you know like have my family experience like my brothers and my parents and stuff like that like experience like a quarter of what I'm experiencing um and Annie was like but do they want that and I was like I don't know (laughs) because it just feels like why 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 wouldn't people have the same wants as you and and sometimes they fucking don't (laughs) yeah well and I'm I I wanted you to like explain that because my thought process went to like this thing that I'm gonna get to um uh and I didn't want it to sound like I think you're ungrateful I don't think you're ungrateful (laughs) I think that you you put your gratitude into non-material things Mm. it's like like your dogs and your relationships and stuff like that like those are are what you're grateful for yeah um or that's easier for you to express gratitude for or whatever um and I wanted to say I feel really lucky that I don't have to work hard for gratitude Mm. in my life it's the weirdest thing I didn't even think that it was like something but um Hmm. How can I say this uh, in a comfortable way for me? I had <laughs> an experience, I guess, where um, I was, um, well, I could have died. And after that, um, I just like woke up with just this like crazy immense gratitude for like, okay, well, my eyes are watering yeah. um, for like life. Yeah. And even today when I was in the bath and I like put my head under the water and I just felt like so grateful to like be in a bath. <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's I don't know it just comes so easily to me and I I think that that is what keeps me because people always say like you're so positive and I'm not positive all the time but I think that that is what really keeps me positive is being able to be like so grateful for like the small things smallest things yeah um and I think that I think that people like forget that like um it's hard it's hard to like stop and take a moment to like be, you, I think you have to train yourself you have, you have to I think I think that a lot of people I mean we're not all blessed um <laughs> I think that a lot of people have to practice gratitude yeah and I think that it's something that um because we're so conscious of moving forward because I think we do have this society that really pressures puts that pressure of um doing more and being more and all that kind of stuff on Mm -hmm. on people I think that it's like you're just so focused on moving forward that like you can't stop to really look at things right um and I think that that's in large part why I have a hard time it's a large reason why I have a hard time um stopping to feel that gratefulness because I feel like I haven't done enough right and and I think even just feeling like I haven't contributed enough I haven't like um and and this is something that um I've like struggled with back and forth is I feel like um my job doesn't carry a lot of meaning I'm gonna cry um (laughs) but like I I feel like you know there's people that oh my god Alyssa (laughs) um I, I feel like there's people that have jobs that are really clearly meaningful. Like we have doctors and we have teachers and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think that that's a huge part of why I feel like my, my life doesn't look how I want it to look in that way. And so I think that that makes it hard for me to feel like I've done enough and I deserve almost to be grateful. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh. But oh, it, it's so crazy because when you're in it, you can't see that, but... I mean, there's, I mean, if I went into your like DMs, there would be so many people who are like, you you know, you lift me up. Like I wait for this. Like I, you inspire me, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And, um, we don't get to choose who we inspire or like why. Uh, and I think as you say, like physical health is just as important as mental health. Um, oftentimes your mental health can't affect your physical health. Uh, so what you're doing is really important. And it's, yeah, and it's just so, that's what, that's what I mean when I say, like, I'm, I just feel so grateful that it does now come to me easy. Yeah. And it didn't before. Oh, that was, like, kind of, like, the turning point for you. Oh, yeah. That issue. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Remember? Don't you remember that video? Oh, I remember it. (laughs) It was. What's your Russian for? It was awkward. (laughs) I'll just quickly, because you guys hate with the inside jokes. Um, (laughs) There was, right after this uh, thing that happened to me, um, (laughs) I've always, okay, I've always, like, videoed myself throughout my life. You guys don't understand. (laughs) Like, Alyssa has physical documentation of everything. And not, not only that, like, okay, everyone takes, like, photos and some people take videos. They don't fucking keep them. <laughs> like, Alyssa <laughs> so many photos and so many videos of, like, fucking nothing, everything. Yeah. Everything and nothing. Yeah. Um, and I was just... <laughs> I was, like, talking about traffic and I was like, you know, like, traffic just doesn't bother me anymore. Like, what's your Russian for, you know? <laughs> it was... Oh my gosh. I'm like embarrassed even like rehashing that video. She had the video pulled up on her uh, phone and she was um, 
screeching at her phone and I was like what what are you doing and she was like I just have to show you it was like she was so overwhelmed with embarrassment that she like couldn't handle like not sharing that I needed to pass the embarrassment off onto somebody else oh my gosh it was so embarrassing but like at the same time yeah I that's what you're rushing for yeah and ever since then I do feel a lot of gratitude I had a I felt a lot of guilt I was just telling our friend um Felix I was uh, I felt a lot of guilt for a long time for being alive and then once I got past that Mm. I was that's it why um oh gosh it's a story for another time I guess all right (laughs) but um I think that if somebody if you uh if you go through something where you know your existence on this planet is in question yeah um I think that you you can struggle with like why me survivor's guilt yes yeah yeah like why why did I get another chance like what's so good about me and like you know when all of these other people and yada yada I'm not doing enough right yeah yeah so I was I I remember posting um an Instagram photo like four or five years ago um in Toronto where this is where I like really started to like find myself I think was the first time I was in Toronto because I was going through so like so much freaking ups and downs well Saskatoon too but anyway um and I was I posted and I said eventually you have to uh stop feeling guilty for waking up yeah because I just like was feeling so guilty every day I'm like why the fuck do I still get to do this mm. and I'm like and now I'm like why well, I, I get to do this and I'm 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 gonna be <clears throat> I'm gonna be <clears throat> my voice man <laughs> I'm gonna now I feel like I'm doing it and I deserve it like yeah. I deserve to to be here that's a heavy feeling man it is yeah yeah that's really nice all right well i don't want to cry anymore (laughs) (laughs) let's end on a moderately depressing note as we do (laughs) every time did i make that approachable for you near-death experiences is that approachable enough now (laughs) you'd be like wow you really summarized that for me yeah (laughs) Uh, um okay you guys well those are some things that we learned in therapy and some things we feel about ourselves and um that really went off yeah (laughs) weirdly yeah we just needed needed to really get that insecurity out um (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening for another week yeah and uh man next week is the end of season two can't believe it we're there i feel like this just like blew past but it was because you were away i was away you were yeah i was here all alone she was (laughs) so sad um but yeah anyway we will see you guys next week for the season ender okay bye (laughs) 